Welcome to another episode of How to Exit. My name is Dennis Mitrovsky, and I am an M&A advisor. I help clients buy, sell, and value businesses. Uh, this podcast is dedicated to business exit strategies. On this episode, we talk about selling your business to a key employee. In some situations, your key employee might be the best buyer for your business. On this episode, I interview Dean Carlson of Get Fit New Hampshire about his experience of selling his company to his key employee. Dean, well, thanks so much for joining. I appreciate the time. You sold your company to a key employee, one of your locations to a key employee. Uh, a little bit of statistics, 41% of all transactions actually happen to either a key employee or co-owners of the companies. Uh, so this is a big chunk of all the business exits, uh, yet there's not a lot of information on how to go about actually handling those types of transactions. So really appreciate your time uh, on this podcast. Um, Dean, can you introduce yourself? Just give a little bit of a story of your business, uh, a little bit about uh, how you got started, how long you've been in business, just so we get an idea of what type of business you actually had. Yeah, sure, Dennis. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. So uh, we have um, we started in May of two thousand eight. Um, kind of a cool story. We actually, uh, I had been personal training for a little while, and we started actually in my backyard. <laughs> Under lights, I rigged up on a basketball hoop with one paying client and nine crazy friends. And uh, over the course of uh, the decade plus that we owned the business, uh, we grew to two locations. Um, we had a staff of seven serving about 420 clients. Um, and we are, you know, we did personal training and group training and uh, um, all coached model. So you just didn't walk in and do your own thing. It was all personal training and coaching. And, uh, uh, it was a great, it was a great ride, um, and a lot of fun. Great. Well, uh, thank you, Dean. Uh, tell me, you had two locations. You decided to sell one of the locations. Can you give us a little bit of a understanding of why you wanted to sell? You know, one of the first questions we get asked by any particular buyer is, "Why is the seller selling?" Um, so I just wanted to get your opinion on this because you 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 weren't exiting, you weren't retiring. Um, rather, you were you wanted to sell a business, so I wanted to get your idea, uh, understanding of why did you decide to actually sell in one of the locations. Sure. So I think for for me personally, um, it was lifestyle lifestyle related. So um, you know, my kids are getting a little bit older. Um, Nancy and heart and soul into the business, uh, you know, into running two locations for a long, long time. And um, we'd had a, a, a great level of success with that business. And we just felt like, um, you know, before things got out of hand and the, and the family was gone, that we would just like to scale back. So we didn't actually want to retire. Um, we just wanted to disperse ourselves of that larger location and, and kind of go back to um, just her and I again, just, just for a lifestyle uh, change, really. Great. Well, thank you. Uh... You decided to sell your business to your general manager, uh, who was a general manager at the time. Uh, why did you decide to sell to a general manager rather than to sell the business to an outside third party? Uh, what made you decide that your key employee, your general manager, is the right candidate for your business? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, when it came bottom line, I can't imagine anybody that I would have rather sold it to. Um, you know, she had been a key employee for, for a long time. Um, she, she was the GM of that location. She did a phenomenal job. She understood why we did what we did with our business. And she understood um, what it would take to, to be able to continue the level of effort that would be required 
but also she just understood the culture of the business and understood that that was really part of why we were as successful as we were. Um, and she was, I saw her as being uh, really the person that I would want to, to continue that uh, legacy of, of that business. And, um, you know, she's a, she was a hard charger. Um, she, she uh, you know, she's the kind of person when you asked her to do something, she understand, um, she would ask for clarification and then she just get it done. And, uh, you know, employees like that uh, sometimes are hard to find. And somebody who cared about my business uh, as much as I did is really hard to find. Um, and, and I just thought that, uh, you know, she was ready to do it and she certainly deserved the shot if she wanted to. Well, so, well it sounds like it's working out really well for you guys, which, which is fantastic. Uh, you, you, saw, you had two locations at the time. Uh, can you talk about the difficulties of selling one of the locations, difficulties with financials, difficulties with the name, all the different all the different steps that we actually had to take before we started the negotiation to actually come up with all the right solutions. So can you talk a little bit about for all the people who all the business owners who had multiple locations but would like to sell partial partially their business to our key employees? What types of issues we had to overcome and how did we prepare for them? Well, I think that, you know, for us in particular, uh, you know, we had two locations that were both named the same thing. So GetFit New Hampshire, we had GetFit New Hampshire Concord, GetFit New Hampshire Epsom. And really, um, that business, the GetFit New Hampshire name really had, um, you know, had some standing in our community. Um, we had the opportunity to win a number of best gyms at nine, nine and now it's 10 years in a row um, in some local publications. And we had a good reputation. So naturally, the business owner, uh, somebody who buys it, is not is going to want that because that's worth some money. It's worth some. There's been a lot of marketing that has been done, um, and it's a familiar name to people. So um, that is one thing that we had to consider. Um, really, the way that we overcame that is, I mean, Megan, the, the the owner, has has the right to that name. She allowed us to continue um, with that name in our other location for a period of up to one year time, um, you know, just to kind of smooth the transition transition um, as we did the renaming of our location. We also felt it was less important for us to keep that name. We, we, we have our business in a fairly small community. Um, we uh, usually, our memberships are pretty full here, so it's not like we have to market a ton. So um, we, we felt like the, the word of mouth and just our clients, um, getting the name out would be sufficient for us. And, and that proved to be the case. So, um, but, but that went really smoothly. I mean, um, I think it's, I think it's important that a business owner understand, um, you know, even though that might be, you know, you started the baby, um, you got to give some stuff up, um, you know, to, to make the transaction smooth uh, for all parties and, and so and viable for all parties. I, I think a, the, the, a great benefit was to this transaction is that you guys kept really good uh, books and records. So when you have two mm -hmm. locations all under one set of tax returns, 
Uh, you guys did a great job in actually figuring out which expenses and what revenue was allocated to what location. And that was, I think that's one of the crucial steps in first getting the business finance. And then, of course, mm. uh, giving an idea of the key employee, what are they actually getting for that, for, for that business, for that particular business, for that particular location. So I think that that was really a big benefit in your situation that, you know, a lot of the times that's a big struggle for other business owners who don't keep up as good as the book as, as you, you have. Uh, so that's, well, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's that's key. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get into that a little later, but I think that's key from the from every standpoint is that your books be solid, um, that you understand, um, you know, what income and what outflows are going into each particular business unit, um, because um, that's going to be a huge factor as far as what what a particular location is worth. And uh, I'm kind of a financial geek, so fortunate enough to have done that. So, and, and, you know, and you're, and you help us, uh, you know, know exactly what we needed um, to get. And uh, it, it, you know, it takes a little time sometimes to get those numbers back together, but um, just the, the, the better you can keep them um, from the very day you start your business till the day you want to exit is, uh, is key. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely agree with you on that. Tim. Um, question for you uh, regarding hiring, a consultant or a business broker to help with this transaction. As I remember, when we got started, you began the the, the transition without a consultant, and then we sort of filled in uh, as 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 things got heated. Uh, can you talk about how important is it to have a consultant or is not to have a consultant? Can you tell us a little bit about that that transaction? Because a lot of the times, right? You, what are the consultants going to do? They're not going to bring another buyer. You already have a buyer. Mm. Uh, you have the so you have the financials. Why did you actually need us, a business brokers, to actually give you the consultation? What was the positive uh, factors, or what were the negative issues with it? Um, I don't know that I I could think of any negatives um, looking back on it. I think the positive factors is um, I've never sold a business before, and so really I'm smart enough to know that I don't know what I don't know. And, uh, and I needed, um, I needed help to know <laughs> from somebody who is experienced in this type of transaction to help me know, um, you know, exactly what steps needed to be taken, what paperwork, what legal counsel, um, needed to be brought in, uh, what I should be looking for in the negotiations. Um, it, it all those things that I, I can't imagine it would have gone as smooth and relatively quickly that it did uh, w without having um, your firm and you, um, you know, having my back on that stuff. Great. Well, thank you. Um, I, we enjoyed working with you as well. It was a really a nice, smooth transaction. And I love being, uh, being intermediary in those transactions just because everybody, it's all a positive attitude. And everybody is mm -hmm. a friend in this transaction. So it's, it's mm -hmm. really, even though we represent one party, it was really a great uh, transaction to be a part of. Uh, I think from the standpoint of a broker, I think my contributions was that I was able to actually take away the, the negotiation factors away uh, mm. from dealing with the business. Right? I'm, I was able to talk to both parties independently, understand everybody's perspective, and kind of bring solutions that work for both parties. Uh, I, I find that it's always an awkward uh, situation for 
a general manager to talk to their boss who's going to, mm. going to be buying the business from their boss. It's, it's a very awkward situation. With that said, I, I believe the first step in any transaction is to understand what the valuation is because that's one of the factors that nobody wants to talk about. The, right. the buyer doesn't, the, the, the general manager didn't want to talk about, you didn't want to talk about, you don't want to talk about, you don't want to get the negotiation going. How important hmm. was it to actually have and pay for a third-party valuation uh, on this particular situation? What would you say importance of that is? Um, I mean, it was critical because when it comes right down to it, um, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what the value. I didn't know what it was worth, Dennis. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure I knew. That's one of those things I didn't. I, I knew I didn't know. Um, you know exactly how. You know our type of business, which is a service business. You know how that valuation was calculated. How it was um, how it was negotiated? All those things and. Uh, you know, you were very upfront with that um, as far as, you know, having our numbers together and, you know, here's the range that it, it would probably come in at and here's why. Um, and I think that goes back to, you know, keeping the books, the books solid in that situation. But I, I don't think that we would have agreed on a price um, nearly as amicably as we did if we hadn't had third party, um, you know, independent val validation that both her and I trusted um, to, to be the right number. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this was really important in this case, in this particular situation. Uh, Dean, have the, has the business lost any customers in the transaction? Every buyer wants to know, uh, am I going to lose any customers? Am I going to lose any revenue? Especially in your model where you, you're not trying to sell membership. You try to get community members involved mm. in your organization. You're not looking to sell more membership. Uh, so right. your membership range is not gigantic as other uh, big box uh, gyms. Um, did you end up losing any customers? How smooth was the transition? Uh, I think the, the transition was super smooth. I mean, the, the, the location we kept obviously was uh, relatively unaffected. Um, but, you know, Megan and I still have a relationship. I, I still do some consulting with them. Uh, and they're doing phenomenal. I mean, it's been, it's been really cool for me to see, um, you know, you know, like a renewed energy that's gone into the place, um, you know, as she's taken over, um, you know, she's initiated some, um, new programs and some additions that, uh, really, um, I, I wouldn't have done, um, not because I don't think they were good ideas, just because of, I didn't want to do them. And uh, and she's done that. She's kept her member base. Uh, sales are as strong or stronger as they've ever been. Um, and she's done a really good job. You know, the other thing was um, she was able to keep all her key people, um, all, all the folks that uh, were with the business um, when I left are still there. Um, so she kept all her employees, um, all of her employees, um, I think she's added one part-timer and uh, so she's done a really good job just keeping the whole system um, running the way that it was running. Yeah. And, and that's why the banks actually love the key employees buying the companies because there's not going to be much, much of volatility inside the mm -hmm. organization. Uh, I, I find with dealing with, with clients who are transitioning their business, who are just thinking about transitioning their business to key employee, that the biggest reason that they 
don't want to sell to their key employee is because if they say that they're thinking about selling to their key employees, there's no way going back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the business owners that I work with, they're afraid to actually approach their key employees and ask them if they w- would consider buying uh, you out or how would you, how did you approach that? How, how I think this is one of the biggest risk factor in the key employee transaction, right? You have a key employee who you who business can't operate without. At the same time, you want to sell. What if what if the key employee doesn't want to buy? Now they're thinking about, well, I should probably look for a job somewhere else, or even worse, uh, thinking about competing or opening up a, a shop next door to compete with you. Uh, now their livelihood is threatened. How did you handle? That's, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we really started laying the groundwork um, for a sale um, probably two or three years before we actually sold, um, you know, and just kind of feeling uh, feeling things out, um, you know, having conversations with Megan, you know, what was her interest in owning a business down the road? And, you know, where do you want your career to go? And, you know, just really trying to, to get that conversation started but it started pretty early and it started pretty mildly right it wasn't just like i'm selling the business do you want it um it was you know here's what here's what my potential timeline is um megan you know in two to three years i'd like to i'd like to have the business where it would be sellable um whether i'll do it at that point or not i don't know but is that something that you would be interested ever interested in and that's really how it started um, and I think that we had, had a, we had a level of trust um, between each other um, that had been built up and that continued to grow that she knew that if I sold the business, I, I wasn't just going to sell it out from under her, um, you know, and sell it to somebody else. But that, that takes, like any relationship, it took a while to nurture. And, um, it, you know, and the timing just was, 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 was really good for both of us as far as when I approached her and said, hey, Meg, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And, uh, and she was all for it by that time. So, uh, you know, yeah. I think it's just one of those things that, that you have to nurture and, and, and build the relationship uh, with that employee and just, you know, felt like well ahead of time. Um, the, yeah. the worst time to sell a business is when you're totally burnt and fried and you want to be out the next week, right? Um, these are things yeah. that need to be planned for for a long time. Yeah, planning is the key. That's why exit planning, as a as a industry, needs needs to be thriving because everybody needs to be planning ahead. Uh, it's a sure. it's a big chunk of uh, retirement planning for a lot of a lot of clients we help, but unfortunately they don't uh, plan for it, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes realistic expectations are not met. Uh, and of course, the key employees are such a big part of it. Uh, and sure. I, unfortunately, a lot of clients we deal with neglect to talk to their key employees and structure their business properly for an exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I absolutely agree with you. It's taking time, um, taking planning time. It's all it takes. Uh, Dean, well, it sounds like everything's going great. The business is doing fantastic under the new management. Uh, what's, what is, what's next for Dean Carlson? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I mean, Nancy and I um, are still running our other location, and uh, we're having fun doing it. Um, I've also started doing um, some financial consulting with small business, um, primarily fitness businesses. Uh, that's the, the, the market that I know, but we work with, with um, all types of small businesses. I like to work with service businesses, but basically it's uh, um, cash management coaching, right? So what we found out was um, 
you know, most small businesses, owners kind of fly by the seat of the pants when it comes to managing their finances. And, and it's all top line thinking. It's a lot of, I got to sell, 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 uh, but never considering, um, you know, how to manage that cash and be able to scale easily. So uh, I started a consulting business about two years ago, uh, which is called Fit for Profit. And it uses the uh, Profit First cash management system as its baseline. And I just help small business uh, owners, um, you know, learn how to manage their cash, learn how to um, scale their business easier, and really, you know, just be able to create the peace of mind that so many small business owners are lacking because of a tenuous cash position. And the, uh, the benefit as well on the back end is, um, you know, the more profitable your business is uh, over the lifetime that you own it, the more money you're going to make on it when it is time to exit. So, you know, the time to start thinking about those things is really early. Um, so we're having a good time doing it. Um, I'm slowly growing that business. Um, you know, we probably plan on having the gym business until I'm 60, which is, uh, you know, another eight, nine year, eight, well, how old am I? Seven or eight years and then transitioning it out of that. So, well, you're a perfect candidate for it. Your your books and records were perfect, and the margins on your business, your, the cash, uh, cash return in your business. Uh, I, I look at a lot of different companies, and you're very organized, and you definitely the right uh, candidate for the job. I'll include your link uh, to your uh, newly formed company in the description of the podcast. So if people want to reach that. out to you. Thank you. Um, they they absolutely should because you're you're one of the best in, in that industry for sure. Uh, Dean, I really appreciate your your time. I know you go on a vacation, and I you squeeze in this sometime for me. So I really appreciate it. Uh, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. I'm always around. My my work does not stop with the closing. Uh, I want to make sure it's successful for you guys uh, for all parties. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening to the podcast dedicated to business exit strategy. If you have any questions or if you'd like me to cover some additional information in other episodes, please reach out to me by email at dennis, D-E-N-I-S, at ROIbusinessbrokers.com. Thanks. <laughs>